Like we're about to hit seven figures. And like, even to this day, my dad will reach out. Hey, Melissa, do you think you're ever going to start a consulting business for engineering? Like, do you think you're ever going to get back into the engineering world? Love you, dad. No, I'm not. But thanks. Melissa Lynn is a business coach who started out just like you and me with a full-time job and a proud family. And like you and me, her whole identity was tied to having a great job in the most difficult engineering discipline on the planet. Okay, maybe not just like you and me. So how did she detach herself from that identity? And how did she do it again when she reinvented herself from being a fitness coach into being a business coach? What is the absolute worst case scenario? What is the best case scenario? And then what's the most realistic case scenario? My name is Ina Koveni and I'm an online presence expert for online coaches. If you feel like taking that next step into entrepreneurship means leaving part of you behind, then this episode is for you. We had to cut the interview down for the podcast, but if you would like to hear the full interview where Melissa tells me what it was like to tell her parents that she had quit her job two months earlier, or if you would like to hear about her stint in bikini competitions as a bodybuilder, all of that is in our Uncut Episodes vault. To go and sign up for that completely for free, go to theglobalphenomenon.com slash uncut. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while you're working out because you are the best at keeping your New Year's resolutions, then kudos to you. You rock. And also head over to the review section, leave a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with the chameleon of entrepreneurship, Melissa Lynn. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. Hello, everybody. Today I have the wonderful Melissa Lynn. She is a business coach and a complete mastermind in all things business. And we're going to dive into her story. Hi, Melissa. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today and share me with your audience. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. So sit back, relax. This is going to be a trip down memory lane for you. <laughs> okay, so everyone knows about your beginnings, right? Everyone knows that you started out as you know a chemical engineer. You were going to go to school to be a doctor. Turns out you're not awesome with blood. And you grew up with your grandparents who are from Hong Kong basically using these two English words all the time, husband and doctor, husband and doctor, right? And you're like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. And you end up with chemical engineering, by the way, I am, a, I'm in computer science. My husband is a computer engineer and we both know that chemical engineering is the hardest engineering that you can study. So very big kudos to you. Super smart cookie. Uh, but here was the deal. This is not exactly this was not exactly fulfilling you. And I want to start your story a little bit there. Um, can you tell me what was life like before you found the online world? All right, yeah. You're doing your job. What did you think your life was going to be like at that point? You know, this is such a great question. I, I literally thought I had made it. I was in my early 20s and I thought I had made it. I had a chemical engineering degree. I had a full-time job. I was nearly making six figures. 
Uh, but people just didn't see what was happening behind the scenes. I thought I had made it and I had almost kind of settled. I was working insane hours. I mean, 12 hour days, 16 hour days. I was coming in almost every weekend. I was on call 24 seven and that was life. And that was what was expected, right? I was expected to stay those long hours. I think I had about a week of vacation, maybe two, if you count personal days, not mm-hmm. sure if that counts or not. And I just didn't do anything outside of work. I really didn't have a personal life, didn't really have a romantic life. All I did was work. And I thought to myself, like, there's got to be more because I hadn't traveled at all. I had not left North America and I knew I needed to do something different. I had all of these big aspirations, all of these dreams. I just didn't know what to do with it or how to make it happen. And everyone told me, like my mentors told me, my parents told me, like, this is your time, Melissa, where it's going to be long hours, but it's going to be worth it. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I was in my early 20s and I look around in my office. I was always working in the manufacturing industry. So I was always on the floor with my hard hat and my, my boots and all of those things. I was looking around, my mentor was always in the office. And when I was leaving, my mentor's mentor was still in the office when I was leaving. And they were in their like 40s and 50s and thought to myself, like, is is that where I'm is that where I'm heading? And they never took vacation, they never traveled, work was their lives. And I just I couldn't do that. I didn't want that. I needed more. Now I wanted to travel six months out of the year. I wanted to be able to fund charities, start my own charities at some point. And you really can't do all of that in a small nine to five where you're capped income cap, time cap. And I really wanted to create the freedom of time, freedom of money. I had literally had no idea how I was going to do that, but I knew I wanted to make it happen. And so back then I was starting to have these feelings back in 2014. So this was a while ago. It feels like ages ago. And I was really into health and fitness back then. I was doing bodybuilding, bikini competitions, and Instagram was starting to become a thing. Social media was starting to become a thing. Facebook had been around, MySpace had been around, and then Instagram started to take off. And so I was posting my experience with bikini competitions and people were coming to me, Melissa, can you help me? Like, you look amazing. Can you help me with this? And I, ding, 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 I can help them solve a problem. So I got certified, did everything I needed to do. And I started as an online health and fitness coach, which was amazing. And hopefully no one from my job sees this. And if they do, that's okay. Um, I would spend part of my day at work, like working on my business, like behind the screen. I had multiple things up on my computer, always got my job done, but was always working about my business, always thinking about it 24 seven. Yeah. Can I, I, can we actually pause right there? Cause I want to sit in this phase of your life for like a second, because I, I can totally relate when I started really thinking to myself, like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta (laughs) be more that I can do. I was in corporate for 15 years. I was a software project manager. And I remember thinking like, well, okay, my parents are all corporate, right? This is the only way, the best way to make money. This is the, I'm on the, on the path to the corner office. And I remember sitting across the desk from my boss. And for some reason, I don't, I don't think that status changes humans. I think that there isn't that big a difference between him and me. I really didn't see us as very different, but I saw that he was my version of myself 20 years down the line. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
are you telling me that in 20 years, I'm just going to be sitting three feet away from where I am right now? That That is the deal? That's what I'm signing up for? So I saw exactly the same thing that you saw. It's looking at our bosses and being like, but I don't want that in 15 years. What am I working so hard for? So can you tell me, first of all, where do you think that those dreams came from? Because there's a lot of people out there who are going for the corporate office, for the, for the corporate corner office, and they're totally fine with that dream, that there's nothing wrong with that dream. Why do you think you were, you had a wandering eye when mm-hmm. it came to your career? I think it was a mix of things. I think the first thing was like looking at my parents. I absolutely love and adore my parents. They brought me into this world. However, I didn't love their lifestyle. You know, they didn't travel, which is fine. That's their choice. But they were stuck in, you know, a capped income. They were stuck with their time. They didn't have that freedom of time to be able to go and do things whenever they wanted to. So I think that was the first thing I knew. Like, I didn't want to follow their path. So there needed to be another way. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say, social media was really starting to boom in this time. And I saw a lot of people starting to do this thing called entrepreneurship, which I had no idea it was even a route that was an option for me. And then I want to say the third, probably Shark Tank. I love that show so much. Nice. But that really opened my eyes to like what entrepreneurship could be. Cause I saw so many similar stories of engineering backgrounds, science backgrounds, wanting to get out, wanting more. And I just really related to some of their stories my parents didn't understand. That's okay. A lot of my friends didn't get it. That's okay. I'm so glad I pushed through, but those were some of the first things and just really feeling unfulfilled. Like I didn't wake up excited going to work. I had the Sunday blues, the Monday blues, the Tuesday blues, the Wednesday blues, like every day of the week, except for Friday, because we're getting into the weekend. So I think some of those were some of the first things for me. One thing that I saw as a as a pattern in your journey, and we can start talking about that now, is how you have been able to challenge your feelings of self-identity. You've been able to say, just because I feel this way about myself right now doesn't mean that I can't be more. Mm -hmm. And shattering through that glass door and saying, I am ready for the next stage. So um, at this point, you have your chemical engineering degree. You're starting to feel uncomfortable, starting to feel like I want to travel. I want to do more things. I don't want to be stuck in the office. Um, I would love to know what was that like for you to feel like, well, but wait, I am a chemical engineer and my parents are proud of me for being a chemical engineer. So when you start this journey of like your side hustle, right? When you start to kind of explore other things, do you still feel pretty grounded in your identity as a chemical engineer? Are you starting to feel like that's shaking a little bit? I created a whole new identity. So I had two identities. People had no idea. My engineering firm that I was working at company, they had no idea I was doing bikini competitions. They had no idea I had a social presence, had no idea I wanted to start a side hustle. I kept it so separate. Same with my family. Like they were so separate from what was happening with my online business. And so I felt like I had to create two identities. Was that the best for me? Probably not. But like, I didn't know what else to do at that point. So I created two identities. That, that seems to make a very safe way to make a change. Like, no, I don't have to abandon who I am. I'm just going to create a new version. 
and see was it, how the most was it the most authentic for me at the moment probably not but I really didn't have too many role models role models around me to know right. like what to do in that in that sense so I'm glad I went through that I'm so grateful I went through that because I can now help a lot of my clients who are kind of in that same same thing of well I've got my job do I want them to see that I'm starting the side hustle like my family's not going to agree so I'm very, very grateful. I did go through that. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, people are starting to come up to you and be like, can you show me? Can you help me get fit? Can you help me eat better? Um, at this point, does anybody at work know that you're starting to help people out? No. I do have, I have one question. This question is for me. There's some questions that are for like for the podcast. Some questions are for me. Um, during the two years that you had your side hustle, mm-hmm. did you change jobs Yes, I changed jobs a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk about that just for like for like a second, only because um, people who are listening right now and they're starting to like get their side hustle and everything, mm-hmm. when something happens at work, then they're faced with the choice. Do I quit altogether and focus on my side hustle 100% of the time or do I get another job? You just told me you change your jobs in separate occasions while you had your side hustle. Can you tell us what those those decision points were like for you? Yeah, so they actually had nothing to do with my side hustle. Um, the spot I was working at first, this was, I think in my timeline, 2014, I started at this first company. It was a window and doors company. And my mentor who brought me in, I absolutely adored him. Like he was going to be my mentor if I had stayed in the engineering sector for probably ever. Like I was, I knew I was going to learn so much from him. Um, he actually left the company to go to a different company after two years. And I could see that his replacement really didn't have the same vision he did. I personally didn't agree with the decisions the company was making. I tried to put a stand to kind of try to fight for it and then ended up leaving to go where my mentor went. And so it was a whole different reason. And I want to chat about this for a minute because I learned something very valuable. And this was really what pushed me to really put in more time in my side hustle was a few months after I left that first company, they actually let go their entire engineering team. So I would have been out of a job, yeah. my safe job, my secure job that everyone's trying to get to. Um, I would have been left out of it. It's not as secure as you think it is. Nine to five is not always safe. It's not always secure. So that was the big reason why I made that jump. Yeah. And I was at that company for quite a few years before I eventually said, bye, I'm doing my full, my business full time and left that job. Okay. So it was just one change during that span of time. Like you during used- that, yeah, during that span of time, I had a few other engineering jobs before that, before I moved up to Washington. Right. Um, but that was kind of before, before my bikini days. Where were you before Washington? I was down in Oregon. So I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I actually lived in Oregon. I was there during my internship. I was living in Tualatin. Oh. Uh, just outside of Portland and commuting to Salem one hour every day. Oh, that is a fun, that is a very fun. It wasn't that bad. I was listening to a lot of radio. I ended up calling into radio shows while I was driving. Listen, <laughs> that was my life, my internship. Um, so anyway, you're doing your beginning competitions. Um, this is another question that I've been meaning to ask you. When I was doing my side hustle, mm-hmm. uh, I almost felt like I was superwoman. 
I almost felt like I was Clark Kent going to work and people had no idea that I actually had like the secret identity, but I would put it on my resume. I'm like, I'm the CEO of in a nutshell, LLC, mm -hmm. right? Like um, I already have a company and mm -hmm. whenever I would go to job interviews, I was so confident that mm -hmm. I, I felt like there was, I could get any job out there because I had CEO on my resume already and mm -hmm. people found that sexy. And I wonder what it was like for you having to have that separate identity. Is that something that gave you confidence or is it something you lived in fear uh, that would, people would find out? Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably the opposite of how you felt because it was so different from what my nine to five was. Mm. So I was definitely living in that fear. I definitely was afraid to say anything. Um, as I mentioned, people in my nine to five had no idea. I didn't tell most of them why I was leaving, like the final leave until maybe the last two days I was there. Like absolutely nobody knew. Yeah. So if somebody's listening right now and they have the same fear that they're trying to get their business off the ground, I'm sure you've had clients exactly in the same situation. Okay. I'm trying to get my business off the ground, but I'm really scared that people are going to find out at work. What do you tell them? Yeah, I say, I like to ask myself and I have my clients ask these questions themselves as well. And I'll go through the exercise with what I was going through at this time. You know, what is the absolute worst case scenario? What is the best case scenario? And then what's the most realistic case scenario? And so I was having some of these same conversations. So I left my job in 2018, full my full-time job. And I was living with my boyfriend at the time, my current boyfriend now. And we had this conversation. We're living together. Okay. Realistically, like we're pretty logical. So like, what do we need saved up before you leave full-time to give it a go for six months? And at first we said, you know, let's have six months savings. Got there pretty quick with my side hustle, bringing in a good amount of income. Okay. Sat down. Okay. You know what? Let's get to eight months. Got there pretty quick. Sat down again. Okay, you know what? Just a little bit more cushion. Let's have 12, 10 months of savings. So we just kept having these conversations over and over. And then I asked myself those three questions and also had an entrepreneur, couple of ours kind of from the outside kind of knock, you know, put give, a, give me a knock and be like, Melissa, what are you doing? Like leave your nine to five. What's holding you back? And then I asked myself those three questions. And for me, the worst case scenario was going to be, I leave my nine to five, which is such a secure spot for me to be. And I'm not going to be homeless. Like my boyfriend's going to support me if needed. And I go and work at a coffee shop for a few hours a week while I grow my side hustle. Like that is literally the worst case scenario. Can I live with that? Yes, I most definitely can. And to be honest, I'd probably be happier than in my engineering job. And so those are the questions that I want you to ask yourself if you're kind of going through this as well as, okay, what is really realistically going to happen? And can I live with that worst case scenario and that realistic case scenario? So at this point, you're doing all of this math. What are your <laughs> feelings about what your friends and family are going to think? So terrified. I didn't tell my parents until two months after I left my nine to five. Oh my I know I warned them. I warned them. I sat down with my dad one day. I went, I was um, visiting him for a weekend and I sat down and let him know like, Hey dad, this could be happening. Like I'm building a side business. Like this could happen. I might leave my job just to warn him. But even when I did, once I put my two weeks in, I didn't tell him until I was out until after I was out of my nine to five for two full months. 
my god and what happened how did you how did you tell how did you get the courage like what was changing that made you like okay i think it's time to tell my parents things were just continuing to boom in my business and i also couldn't hide the fact that i was like home all day working out of my home office versus in the engineering on the floor with my hard hat and boots so they kind of, they started to see that I had more free time and I wasn't always at work. And so they were kind of wondering what was going on. Um, and I just felt it was time, right? I knew that for me to really show up as authentically as I want to in the online space, I get to be authentic without my friends and family as well. Did everyone agree? No, I actually had some friends who completely, completely did not, they did not support me whatsoever with my decision. I can definitely chat about that for a minute if you would like. I would, I would love to hear that. And I'll just, uh, I'll give, I'll give everybody context. Like we're both, we, we both gone through this. I had a friend of mine who was a coworker. Like I was a project manager. He was a developer. We were like Batman and Robin at work. Like we were like awesome working <laughs> together. And when I quit and I started doing this thing, uh, I was putting myself online and <laughs> He sends me a message. I had a webinar, my first webinar on Thursday. And he sends me a message on Tuesday. He's like, hey, can you have lunch? And I'm here like, I have a newborn baby at home. I have that webinar to plan. I, I still haven't finished the slides. And I have a family. I have two kids. Like, I, I don't have time. But he said the magic words. He said, I want to talk about business. And I'm like, oh, he wants to go into business with me. This is amazing. So I made the time to find daycare and go down to Boston and meet with him. And I get there and I'm like, okay, so what did you want to talk about? He says, this thing that you're doing online, it just seems like a scam. And I, I'm, I'm worried that you've been like sucked into this like pyramid scheme stuff. It's not like talk to you about it. And I'm like, and I stared at him like, oh my God, I don't have time for this. I gotta go plan my webinar. So yeah, it's real. Like you wouldn't think that people care that much about my life and what I do with it, but they they do and they, they insert themselves in it. And mm -hmm. we're still dear friends, right? But that was his first reaction. And um, <laughs> yes, I would love to know what your experience was. Yeah, so I had a really great friend from college, uh, best of friends, was also a chemical engineer. He reached out to me shortly after I left my job. It was a few months after I left my job and shared with me that he did not agree with what I was doing, did not support what I was doing, needed to unfollow me on social media, um, thought I should have stayed in my nine to five. And fast forward, I mean, I was definitely hurt, but I knew it had nothing to do with me. I knew it was a projection of something else going on. Yeah. So fast forward six or eight months, he then sent me another message. He actually called me and apologized and said, you know, Melissa, I actually really look up to you for what you've been able to accomplish. I'm so, so upset in my nine to five. I'm so unhappy. I want to get out of this. I don't know how. And I just want to say like everything that I mentioned before was a complete projection of what I was going through in my life and how unhappy I was. And so if there are people who don't get it, I just want you to know for those of you listening, like it's okay not everyone gets to get it. That's okay. But find people like us, like find people who do get it because we're going to support you. And if those other people don't ever get it, that's okay too. Like this is for you and your dreams and the impact you want to create and the big things you get to do in this world. This yeah. isn't about them. Yeah. And how did you get the courage to tell your parents and what did they say? I just pulled, I just ripped the bandaid off one day. <laughs> 
And they were so supportive. Like there was really nothing to be afraid of. They were very supportive. There's definitely some moments still, even to this day, like we're about to hit seven figures. And like, even to this day, my dad will reach out. Hey, Melissa, like, do you think you're ever going to start a consulting business for engineering? Like, do you think you're ever going to get back into the engineering world? Love you, dad. No, I'm not. But thanks. Yeah. You know, my father surprised me too. Um, when I quit and I started doing this thing, I started being online. My father joined my Facebook group and oh. he would watch my lives. Um, so I would go live and he would go like go live with me and watch it for a little bit, but then he had to go like have lunch or something, but he would leave the computer on so that it would still have like that one viewer. So, he's like, so that she, she still gets a view. I'm going to go have lunch, but like, I'm going to leave the computer on. So he ended up being like one of the most supportive people. Aww. And he, he would come and tell me things like, like total mindset guru. He's like, these things take time. It's okay. You just keep going. And I'm like, dad, where, where did this come from? So yeah, people can surprise you in a positive yeah. way too. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about, so you get yourself a coach, right? Um, but first, something that you said in one of your interviews, it like, it, it was like a, like a, like a wrecking ball that came at my insights. I'm like, oh my God, I totally relate to that feeling. When you were talking about for two years, you were basically throwing spaghetti at the wall. You thought you were doing all the right things, right? You're watching all the influencers and you're like, but I'm doing exactly the same thing they're doing. I'm smart. I'm resourceful. I can figure this out. And I've, I've seen your Instagram from back in the day and you are doing, you look exactly the part of all of the other influencers that had a hundred thousand followers. And you're like, what is happening? Why are things not taking off? What's happening here? Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned that's when you decided to get a business coach to help you with it and things changes. Mm -hmm. That too simplistic a view of the before and after? No, that's per that's perfect. Um, that's exactly what I would describe. You know, when I was throwing spaghetti at the wall, I was trying everything. Google was my best friend, right? Literally Google is my best friend. I did everything Google told me to do. Mm -hmm. And it was just so many of the things that didn't need to happen right away. And because of that, I was just going in circles. And I just didn't know where to go. So finding mentorship, I grabbed so many courses, I've done so many programs, group coaching programs, masterminds, private coaching. And those have been some of the biggest things to really push my success. Because if you want to get there faster, find someone who's done it, right. find someone who's done it, find someone who's got the lifestyle you're looking for, maybe the business you're looking for, or type of business you're looking for of how they run their business, right? It's not just find a seven figure business owner, find someone who's running their day to day somehow like you, similar to how you want to live your life. Yeah. If they're traveling three months, six months out of the year, and you want to do that too, go for them, go find them. Yeah. So find the people who have what you want. They can help you get there faster. But one of the biggest, biggest things for me. I want for everybody who's listening, who has been at this hustle for a whole year, and thinking they're doing all the right things and things are not moving. What would you say were, give me three, like your top three lessons mm -hmm. of when you look back at those years, you're like, okay, these are the things I was doing wrong. So give me like those three things that people can identify. I'm like, okay, things that I can improve. Yeah. My first thing, I spent way too much time on my website when I first got going. My, I made my whole website when I was a fitness coach by myself, probably spent 40, 50 hours on it. Eventually, I actually took it down and stopped using it. 
but that was a big mistake. I wouldn't have done that. And I didn't want to transition to business coaching. I, I made sure not to make the same mistakes. So wouldn't have focused so much on my website because that really doesn't matter, especially as you're getting your business going. Like we evolve so much as entrepreneurs and business owners, our first six to 12 months, if we're going to put all that energy into our website now, I guarantee you're going to need to change it six months from now, 12 months from now. And you're going to be very upset with yourself. That's the first thing. The second thing I was doing way too many things. I had way too many programs, way too many low ticket offers. And because of that, I was confusing my audience. I was confusing myself, confusing my audience of what was best for them. And so I would say focus on one or two offers and scale that way. Um, I hit my first 5k month finally with one offer and then 10k month with one offer and didn't even go into group coaching until I hit 10k months. So you really don't need a ton to start to scale your business. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And see the third thing I would say not focusing on number of followers. I focused on that way too much in the beginning of that's the thing to get me to the next level. Definitely not. Number of followers, even engagement on your social handles really doesn't equate to your business success. And so I have some clients with less than a thousand followers who are hitting 5k months, 10k months in their business, right? I have a friend who's 2000 followers and she's a half a million dollar business. So those are the big three things. Don't need a website right away. Keep things simple, have one or two offers and don't focus too much on some of the numbers that might not necessarily matter at the beginning. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And in terms of identity, you've gone from Kemi Wiz (laughs) to having a side identity as a fitness coach right? Mm -hmm. To leaving your job and becoming a fitness coach full-time. And now there's a new identity creeping in, which is everybody's asking you, how did you do it? So there's the business coach persona. Please guide me through your, you have your business, your, you have your fitness coaching business. You start your podcast, which was called the Fierce Fitness Business, Mm -hmm. uh, Fear Business Business Babe. The fear fit fierce fitness business babe was the name of your podcast when it first started, right? So tell me what was happening in your fitness world and how you managed to transition into business coaching 100 percent Yeah, I love this question. I was actually chatting with a friend about this this morning. It was a very pull the band-aid off. So a little bit of background. I've always been interested in business. And actually, when I was a full-time engineer, I was so close. I actually applied for a few MBA programs. I was so close to going to get my MBA. Really happy I didn't because I literally lived through it myself by starting my business. Um, But I was always pulled into meetings with the CEO of our companies and the, the higher management and always seeing the business side. And I always wanted to learn more. And so once I scaled my fitness business, I wanted to play around with it. And something that I really do preach is sometimes you're not going to know if you love something until you give it a go, until you really give it a try. And so what I did was I created a free Facebook group for business Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to experiment. Okay. What do I enjoy? What's going to happen here? And I started to notice 
I was going into that free group and teaching in there more than my fitness free group that I had. And so that was kind of the big switch for me of, okay, I'm more passionate. I'm more excited for this. And so I made a decision overnight. I told all my fitness clients when our contract ends, our program, our time is going to end. I am making a pivot. And so I kind of pulled the bandaid off. And I think I made, I, I want to say there was a post about it. I made a post about it. And that was like my big, aha, here we are <laughs> moment. And I made that big transition. I'm so happy I did. And I may make another pivot down the road. Like we just don't know what's going to happen as we continue to evolve and it's okay to shift, like be open to shifting. If that's where you're being drawn to. If somebody's thinking about that, if they realize they started the wrong business, if they're like, oh shoot, like I, not to say that you started the wrong business, your path is your evolution, right? Which is mm -hmm. kind of the message. Um, but if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I am really more passionate about this other thing. What advice would you have for them to handle that transition? I would say test the waters first, because I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs who maybe they're starting their six months in and they feel they aren't seeing much traction, but they just haven't given it much time yet. And they feel what you just mentioned of, you know what, maybe I'm more passionate about this. Maybe that's why it's not working. And they go that direction. I would say test the waters in that other one first while you're getting this going to really give this a fair amount of effort and support or effort and your time really to see if that's really what it is, because we may not know until you give it enough time. I would say, give it at least another three, six months while testing the waters, maybe bring on a few like private clients for your, your new venture that you want to test the waters with, then make a decision. Yeah. I love it. So what is next for you? Um, what, where do you see yourself going now? Well, you know, we're so close to hitting seven figures that's happening this year. We have, we have built such an amazing team and like our systems, something I really preach is always be a few steps ahead. So our back end, our systems, we're ready for the multiple seven figure business. So we're ready for it. And now it's all about execution. Um, we just hired a few more team members as well. And so we've got a whole, a whole thing coming this year. We've got one or two new programs coming, another course coming. And really it's, it's us about, it's, us reaching more people. Like that's the goal. And so some of my big words for this year are impact. Like I'm always wanting to create a bigger impact. So that's one of my big words for 2021. And then health is a big one. I spent a little too much time in COVID sitting on my computer, not walking around. Yeah. So that's a big one. And then play. So just adding more play into both my life and business because we get to have fun while we do it, right? We get to have fun while we build our business and really enjoy the process. But impact is definitely the big thing for 2021. I love it. So Melissa, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful businesswoman? You know, this, this is a tough question because I feel like there's quite a few. Um, I think the biggest misconception is that it happened overnight. Like even though I've shared my story over and over and over, I think a lot of people just see the beautiful aesthetics and how my programs look and things like that, that it just all happened overnight. They don't see that it started in 2014. They just see the pretty aesthetics, not how it used to look back in the day. So I think that's the biggest misconception is that things happened overnight, um, that there wasn't really the hustle and the grind for it. It definitely was there. <laughs> yeah. 
And finally, if everyone who's listening right now, they had to do what you're about to tell them to do, and they have to do it in the next 24 hours, there's no choice. They're going to go and do it. Mm -hmm. What would that one thing be? That one thing would be go and do something self-care for yourself, whether that's a bubble bath today, whether it's going on a walk today, sitting down, cuddling up with your cat and reading a chapter or two of your favorite book. Give yourself some self-care in the next 24 hours. I saw a lot of entrepreneurs and even like nine to fivers burn out in 2020. I mean, a lot went on in 2020, but burnout was a big thing. And so we get to give ourselves some self-care in the next 24 hours. I love it. Melissa, so this has been a pleasure. This has been the most fun conversation. And I would love for people to follow you and find you and keep learning from you. Where can they go do that? You can find me over on Instagram. I'm there every single day. My handle's at the Melissa Lynn. And then you can also find all of my items on my website, themelissalynn.com, including my podcast as well. So come hang out. I don't bite. <laughs> All right. And we're going to put all those links in the description. Melissa Lynn, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey there, Ina here. After that interview, you may be wondering how can you also stop throwing spaghetti at the wall and watch your business grow this year? I'll be answering this and many other questions on the next episode of the podcast, the companion episode. So make sure to hit subscribe and hear the three things that Melissa Lynn is doing really well in her business and you should start doing right now. If you'd like to leave me a question for the companion episode, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, ask it there and I will answer it on the air. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kobeny. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Kobeny, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.